This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open or you love the convenience of no-shell pistachios like myself, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack for when hunger strikes. And there are a bunch of tasty flavors to choose from too, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Hello, everybody. It's is it Wednesday? It's Thursday. Thursday. Dang it, I missed Wednesday. <laughs> well, it's Friday, oh. it's Friday Junior. How Brandon opened the show. He didn't give us the hump day, so I'm not going to be able to do it. But I can go ahead and say it's Friday Junior. It is um, we have a really cool show today. Hopefully, Stack will be joining us later on in the show. Brandon is still in Vegas, so he's going to be tapping in from the West Coast. Yes, Corey, the West Coast. Vegas is in the West Coast. Uh, we guess. learned that this week, right? I guess. We I did. Guess we West learned Coast. that we, they are on West Coast time. <laughs> but if you didn't know, I'm Ashley Nicole Moss. We got Corey in the cut. We got Wu out West, who's actually Wu walking around the studio right now, making sure our cameras are good. BC in the back, Mander Legend. And it's our last show for the week, but also... um. We got a big fight that we have to discuss, right? Huge one. A Mega huge fight. fight. So hopefully Stack, like I said, can join us and tap in. Brandon happens to be in the city that is hosting this mm -hmm. huge fight. So we will tap in there with him. Is. There he goes, Brandon Marshall. And um, let's get it started. So what's going down, Corey? What's the news of the day? Yeah, you know, we got some news of the, the, excuse me, of the day as always. And I want to talk about Jalen Brown because, you know, we talked about him the other day. He signed, you know, a super max deal of $304 million, And that actually made him the uh, richest NBA player in history. A whole lot of cash. Right, a whole lot of cash. But look at this. Listen to this caveat in his contract. He will receive on July 1st of each year of his contract $7,777,777. <laughs> he said he wanted to do that to one, symbolize his number seven, but also his foundation juice. So it's, uh, I thought that was pretty cool. You know, like a pretty cool deal that he got in there. But so, wait, so let me get this right. So he's going to receive the rest of his contract mm -hmm. annually a different date, but specifically on July 1st of every year, exactly. he's going to receive this dollar amount. Yeah. yeah so yeah, he's that. getting paid twice a year with the contract. Exactly. Exactly. And they said that's not the typical way of doing it. He's actually a unique individual in that sense because I'm not sure. I think they said he's also the first to actually ask or require of that in his contract. Because typically, you know, it's paid on a 12-month well, basis. He's getting it paid on a six-month basis from what oh, I read. okay. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I don't know in, in basketball how they typically approach these things, but in football, it's a common practice for teams, organizations to get creative and do wild things like this. Uh, the San Diego Chargers now and the Los Angeles Chargers for so many years used to do cool things with their guys uh, as far as payout or some type of, you know, small little uh, incentive that is just 
quirky and wild. So this is common practice in the NFL. Uh, so it's pretty cool to see how he creatively sat back and did this. This was dope. Sure was. Sure was. Yeah, JB. JB is like that though. Like yeah. I've, I've, I'm lucky enough to call him a friend of mine, and he's super just like he's always thinking just outside of the box. He's mm-hmm. just very much just. More you know, goes against the, goes against the grain. Yeah. You know, does his own thing, marches to the beat of his own drum, much like a Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is really cool. Like, I'm big mm-hmm. on numerology. I don't know if you guys are. Do you guys believe in like numerology or not? Yeah. What does seven 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 mean? What is- well, lucky seven. But everyone has like their angel numbers. Everybody mm-hmm. has their numbers that if you believe in numerology, like that mm-hmm. are tied to, you know, your time here on Earth. That's mm-hmm. some people believe eleven eleven. Some people. Be- believe 333 and it's it usually like the science 711 even back though little joe the voice of god <laughs> but it also like they the way that you help to like identify your angel number the way that the, the, the it goes is it's a number you see frequently in many different parts of your life so maybe oh, okay. you wake up the same time every day or maybe yeah. like you go and get a receipt from the store and it's 11 11 is your exact dollar amount it's a number that just seems to constantly follow you throughout your life and they say that's your angel number. If you believe in stuff like that, no, that's, that's I like really the cool. eleven eleven for the time. Uh, yeah, I always like try to, to catch wish myself for a good day or something like that. Yeah, but it's if it, if eleven eleven is your angel number, like you'll see it constantly. Like one time, this is a true story. November eleventh, I woke up eleven eleven. I went to Walgreens. I have pictures of it in my phone because no one ever believes me. I went to Walgreens. My exact dollar amount was eleven eleven. Eleven dollars, eleven eleven cents. You did that on purpose. No, you did that on purpose. No, how would I possibly do that on purpose? (laughs) She juked the taxes. It was true. I saw I saw eleven eleven, um, at least four five times in one day on November eleventh. It was actually the craziest thing. What'd you say, Walmart, Walgreens? You went there. Okay, okay. How did I do the math in my head, Brandon? We all know I'm not good at math. It's easy. Seven percent sales tax. So you. I can't do that in my head, Brandon. I'm yeah. not that I'm uh, not that uh, good at math. <laughs> I promise you I was not doing the math in my head. I'm not that good at math. Um huh. we got Stack in the building. I see him. What's up, Stack? What's going on, boss? We How haven't y'all doing? we haven't seen you Solid. in forever. You've been moving and grooving all over the world. What's going on? God is good. Sure is. All That's the time. Right. God is all good. the time. All the time. <laughs> Yeah. Hold on. Time out. Time out. You, Ashley, you talked about Stack moving around the world. How about Stack hits me in Miami like, yo, B, whoop, whoop, whoop on something else. But it's like, yo, cool. That's that's dope. You know, I'm always here for you. But, bro, you're not going. I can't get the invite to dinner. You wasn't there. I knew you wasn't there. So stop. (laughs) How'd you know? How did you know I wasn't there? Because I talked to two of your assistants that helped me get the reservation before I called you. Ooh. Mm. Okay, all right, all right. Just making sure. <laughs> That's like, how I know you were in, in the city. You ain't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I listen, bro. Stack has been nice enough, to, nice enough to join us right before he has to catch a flight. So let's go ahead, and we're gonna rework the show a little bit. We'll put news of the day Sorry, later in the show, and we're oh, gonna yeah. go ahead and dive into all the stuff that we want to talk about with Stack, including. This upcoming fight Absolutely. starting Saturday, coming up Can't on Saturday. Wait. So go ahead, Corey, tee us up. Well, well, look, Stack, the time is here, right? The, the Earl Spence and Crawford fight is this weekend. But I want to start with saying, too, uh, I saw on social media you made the respectable decision uh, to not attend the fight. And correct me if I'm wrong. Be but honorable. Not, 
the honorable that's the word honorable 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 mm -hmm. decision right to to not attend the earl spence fight and you're actually gonna to, to go and attend the gilly fest is that right yeah uh he's a good friend of mine and i'll do it for any one of y'all you know and i want somebody to do that for me if i'm going through some time where i need support um yeah it's the biggest fight in our generation i would love to be there but like i said uh i take pride in my brotherhood and, and being a good friend being my brother's keeper so I'm gonna go down there and try to just keep keep his spirits high, lift him up. But also, I'm having dinner with Cool Boy uh, Steph tonight because I want to lift his spirits too. He took a tough loss uh, uh, two days ago mm. in a boxing match out there in Japan. So it's a full circle. I'm I'm, I'm able to go out there and uh, help my brothers, you know, kind of cheer him up and just be there for him. Love that. Love He's that. He's a great dude. I keep telling y'all, yeah. man, Stack is like real the, one. the best dude in the world. I'm trying to tell you, yeah, just it. like we said, man. Seriously. Real one. Nonetheless, though, I mean, you, you still are boxing, you know, Mr. Showtime himself. So we still want to get your, your thoughts on the fight, right? You know, I, I don't know if you have Ashley or, or Brandon, but I've been following up the episodes that Showtime's been releasing really leading up to the fight. Man, how's this going to go down? How's this going How's this going to take oh, oh, place? Whoa. Go ahead. Whoa, 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 whoa. Before we dive into this fight that uh -huh. Stack deemed as the greatest fight of our generation, I want mm -hmm. to push back there. Stack, you're absolutely insane. You're out of your mind for you to say that this is the biggest fight in our generation. Is it a huge fight? Absolutely. Could it go down as the best fight of the year? Absolutely. Could it potentially go down as one of the best fights of the century? Absolutely. But Stack, Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather was 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 bigger than this. Was I it? I disagree. Floyd, Floyd, Floyd for Pacquiao. Pacquiao was done with Floyd. Yeah, Pacquiao was at the yeah. end of his career when when Mayweather fought him. Yeah. Pacquiao, Pacquiao's still fighting, so we can't. Yeah, but not at his ago. prime. Not at his prime. Career. He's not fighting that that his Pacquiao prime level. Tim Bradley. <laughs> Tim Bradley was was an up and coming stud. See, <laughs> this is the problem in boxing nowadays. In stack, you you don't think like this, right? A boxer lose one or two, they're done, right? Everybody's going after this this big egg, this big zero, right? I got to be undefeated, but it's still respectable. You're still a legend and a champ if you go out there and you lose one, two, or three fights. We've seen no, it in the I, past, some of our greatest fighters. I agree with that, B, and, that, and that's what a lot of boxers are starting to do now because the only way to get the big paydays is to risk your O, you know, and a lot of guys starting to understand that, and that's what I like about it. They're making the fights, you know, Earl fighting Bud, Devin Haney fighting um, Lomachenko, you know, all, all these fights is, is good for our generation. You know, you finna see, I want to see Tank fight somebody. In, uh, shit, I want to see fight uh, Tank fight Haney. So, all these guys are making these fights, uh, 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 bro, and that's that's what's good, uh, Brandon, that these guys are making these fights because nobody's really worried about their zeros no more. They worry about those big paydays, and that's what's going to create the generational wealth, not the belts. So who? So is how do you see? Oh, go ahead. Go uh, how, ahead. Do you, how, how do you see Saturday pl uh, playing out? You, you know, you're not going to be there, but you know, you've been one of those guys that transitioned into uh, broadcasting, not only in basketball but now in boxing. Um, so. It is a big deal for you not to be there, you know, very honorable. Uh, you yeah, not I'm being in the building. Money. I'm missing still money, but you know I'm like missing money. <laughs> right, right. But but walk us through how Saturday's going to uh, play out in your mind. For me, um, you're going to see in Bud Crawford, you're going to see probably the best, the highest level of boxing, counterpunching, uh, just being ready to scratch. You're going to see that from Bud. He's going to hit uh, Arrow with punches that Arrow's never been touched with before because Bud is so precise. On the flip side, Bud is gonna get hit with power that he's never thought was possible, right? And that's what he does. He comes with five punch, five punch combination. He try to break your will. I think both of these guys being at the top, 
of their of their game right now. We can see a quick fight, or we can see a a a, a beat down for eight rounds. This is a fight where you're going to be on the edge of your seat because both of these guys have knockout power. Both of these guys at the top end are the best. So you can't say it's going to go 12 rounds. You can't say Earl's going to stop him at six. You're going to sit on the edge of your seat the whole fight because anything can happen. Right. So for me, uh, Ashley, Corey, this is how I see it. I think it's going to be a draw. And this was hard for me. Um, I spent I spent Tuesday, you know, half of my day Tuesday out here in Vegas laying on my bed uh, on YouTube watching – all of their fights, right, and some of their greatest highlights. And it's so even. Both of them are technical. Both of them have, you know, uh, uh, the skill and the sweet science, okay? So when you look at age, they're getting long in the tooth. You have uh, Earl at 33, Bud at 35. They say that Earl is the bigger fighter, the stronger fighter. Uh, But when you look at reach, Bud has him on reach. You know, Bud is super smart, super technical. I see this going down as a draw. They both come from the gutter. They both pulled pulled themselves up from nothing. So they got that dog in them. So I truly believe what's going to happen is it's going to go 12 rounds. It's going to be a draw, and that's what I'm betting. I wish I had 100000 to bet. Uh, maybe, Stack, you can uh, loan me some money. I'll be able to give it to you in 18 months. I don't know if uh, 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 if that will uh, will do for you if you if you can lend stop, me some money stop, for 18 stop, months. Stop. You but just, if you can, you just won 100,000. <laughs> no, no, no. That was Izzy. But that was Izzy. But then I came back with Tank. But Tank was the favorite, so I, the payout wasn't great, right? And then also you got bills, bro. Like things come up, trips came up. I just got back from Europe. I got back from Africa. That money gone. So what I what I have right now, stack is twenty twenty to twenty five thousand. I'm betting a draw. I would love to make another hundred thousand bets. So I need seventy five k, but I won't be able to give it back to you for twelve to eighteen months. AB, whatever I got, and I can get it to you. You got it, my brother. I'll never tell you no. Okay, my God, my God, my God. That's what I love. That's that, baby. Ashley, you need to make your way out this weekend. I keep telling you, the greatest the greatest sporting event that you'll ever experience is a, a boxing match, especially a fight of this caliber. It, I don't agree with Stack, Ashley. It's not the greatest fight of our generation, but it's going to be close. She she has a softball handle. I'm cool. I'm jealous. She got to play baseball at the Yankee <laughs> Stadium, and I didn't get invited. I'm kind of jealous of that. Stack? invited you but i knew you were in miami that's cool it's cool hey i i even hit cc cc ignored me no way <laughs> oh so you gotta take that up with cc if you were there though i would have had you on my squad we would have stood a chance all the athletes were on the other team rudy gay all those guys were on one side johnny damon huh what'd you say brandon how did you play rudy was there. rudy was rudy did actually pretty well he got to first base but then second base i think he got out but mm. he was like, I'm not going to stretch. I'm an athlete. And we were it's joking like, all right, you say that before you pull a hamstring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> getting up there. Right. <laughs> right. You getting up there in age, Rudy. You ain't a spring chicken no more. <laughs> hey, well, Stack, you know, I know Brandon sees this fight ending in a draw. Let's say there is a winner that comes out on top. Who do you want to see them, the winner of this fight, fight next? No question. I'm a Texas boy, man. I'm, I'm a fan of both of those guys. I got respect for both of those guys, you know, mm-hmm. being at the top of the sport. But uh, Arrow's my guy. I've been knowing Heck Arrow yeah. for a while. Derek, I've been knowing Derek James and Charlo. They're all in the same camp. So that's kind of like family to me. So I definitely want to see 
Arrow will raise all those belts and uh, and and, and uh, take the win Saturday night. Plus, he's a Cowboys fan. We stick with our own people. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Cowboys fans talk stick together. Mm-hmm. Um, you talk. know, I don't gotta know much about boxing. I don't even know how. I don't even have to know much about stats. But I roll with the Cowboys fan. I roll with the Dallas boy. That's who my money's on. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I, yeah. I mean, like I said, I, mean, I don't, 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 don't want to get ahead of myself. But do you, do you see? You know, who might be their matchup? Who might be waiting on them on the winner of this fight? I don't. I don't even want to go there because yeah. because you know what I'm saying we're gonna enjoy this fight. Then we're gonna enjoy the Canelo and Charlo fight. You're right. Charlo yeah. and and Arrow will never fight each other. So I want to see both of these guys win. So I don't know how that's gonna play out. Fair enough. Fair enough. I will look, listen. I want to talk about some other boxers. I mean, the name already came up, Devin Haney, and who he may be fighting next. But uh, there was an exchange between Curtis uh, Stevenson and George Cambosis on Twitter. Uh, Stack, did you get a chance to watch the the Cambosis and Maxi Hughes fight? You know I did. Yeah, yeah. So, And you know there was some controversy in that <laughs> fight. So, look, this is how everything started on Twitter. So, theboxingscene.com tweeted, Cambosis is hoping for Lomachenko's showdown next, right? And we know how the Devin Haney and Lomachenko fight had went. But Shakur Stevenson replied to it saying, because nobody want to see Loma stop you. And then to, his, to, the, to that tweet, George Gambosis replied, Cuz, go take the 25%. What's wrong with y'all? What you're trying to do, I really already done. I, I almost want to stop there, though, Stack, because you know what was news a while back was the offer that uh, Devin Haney proposed to St- Shakur Stevenson. You think he should have took that one? Absolutely not. No? She, see, people, see, Shakur knows. In that, in that weight class, he's the best boxer in that weight class. Mm. Tank, Tank has the power and the ring IQ, and Devin Haney has the size and the jab. Yeah. So he understand he understand he's the best boxer uh, all around in that class. So there's no way he should take that. He'll run through he'll run through Cambosis. Mm. Nobody want to see him fight. Yeah. Really, nobody <laughs> want to see uh, see Tim Fimo fight. But hey, I guess uh, Bob Aram is his guy. But um, really, uh, I think uh, Lomachenko is, is, is. I want to see him fight Devin Haney again because I think he won. I agree. And Cambosis needs to be talking about fighting this guy again. He just fought because he, I don't think he won that fight either. Damn. You know, when you fight in Australia, you get that home cooked. And, and were you surprised? Were well, you... Did, I, did, did, I, did, did I hear you correctly, Stack? Sorry, Corey. No, go ahead. Um, did you say Shakur is the best fighter in that division over because Tank and Haney? Shakur is the more pure boxer, defensively and offensive-wise. Power, Tank has the power. He can box, but he has a high ring IQ. Devin Haney is the bigger one out of all three of them, and he has the best jab. That's, that, that's the best way to explain those three. Rank rank the three. Well, you know, you're, you're Bob Aaron. I'm going, you, I'm, you, going, you, you're, I'm, going, I'm going Tank, Shakur, Haney. Okay. Tank, all right, all right. Shakur, We're on the same page. Haney. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. I think I think we all are on the same page. I think we all are. Now, now, do you do you respect Haney's decision though to vacate and move up? Because I mean, that's what it's looking like. I'm not I'm not saying that's his decision as of today, but it's looking like he's going to vacate and probably move up. Do you think they should have restructured something and, and figured out that fight? Or do you respect I mean, his, his decision to go up? It makes sense. This, yeah. this will make sense. Your biggest payday is to fight Tank. So before you move up, just go ahead and fight Tank. Just go ahead and fight Tank. And, 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 and Risha, oh, both of y'all, Risha, y'all, oh, both of y'all going to have the biggest payday ever. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and that, that'll be the great look. I mean, fight Shakur is, is, is a good fight as far as entertaining people want to see. Mm-hmm. But the payday for him is to fight Tank. He knows that. Everybody knows that. And that's the fight we really want to see. Dang. When are we mm. gonna get that one though? Like who? When are we? Who are we gonna see first? Are we gonna see Tank fight Haney first? Are we gonna see Shakur Stevenson nah. fight Haney first? We, we gonna see Haney fight T.M. Fino, T.M. Fimo first. Okay. Watch. Okay. 
Okay. And who you think who you yeah. think who you think we're gonna see uh Shakur it's Stevenson ten, fight yeah. next? I think Shakur needs to fight uh Eastside Cruz. Oh Pitbull. And, and you know, and, and tank 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 fighting someone off the street, you know, because he just, you know, came home. So he can't go right into Shakur or or, or, or Haney. So he's gonna get a little warm up one. <laughs> he's gonna fight some 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 slap. Yeah. Right through some slap. And and and, 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 and it, it might be it might be Esau because uh, Esau Cruz Pitbull he fighting on uh, on uh, undercard of Bud and uh, and um, Arrow this weekend. He's fighting actually he's fighting the, the, the next the first fight under the, under the main event. So Esau um, Cruz is. Yeah, Esau Cruz is. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's, okay. He's, he's, he's the first fight uh, before the main event. I know, I know, Corey. You you want to talk a little bit more about uh, some of this recent stuff, but let me ask Stack this question because we still have, we only have ten ten more minutes or mm-hmm. so with him. Stack is boxing back. UFC have dominated the space over the, I would say the last five to seven years. Because um, also in September we have the Charlo brother. Uh, is it Jamal? Jamal? I get them mixed up. Jamal, Mel, Mel, Mel fight. So you have Mel. Supposed to fight. Mel took the fight for him. Right, so you got Mel and Canelo, right? That's a huge fight. That's going to be super interesting. That's happening in September. So is boxing back? Yes, boxing is back. Just think about it, B. The winner of that fight can have eight belts. It's, it's not for uh, mm. Charlo's yeah. belts, it's for, it's for Canelo's belts. So if Charlo wins, he can have eight belts. That's crazy. We've never seen that. Even 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 we finished we finished the undisputed with Arrow and uh, Bud. We haven't seen that in a while. So back boxing is definitely back. You got so many stars in boxing. You know what I mean? You got so many, all the big name fighters fighting each other. Then you got, now you have a lot of fighters in boxing now, B, that have social media presence. Mm. It's not just mm-hmm. takedown. You know what I'm saying? You got Arrow. You got the Charlo twins. You got a lot of guys, uh, Devin Haney, guys that got social media presence. Now, first it was just Tank and Ryan Garcia. They were really that's running right. away with it. Now, now guys are starting to catch up. So guys understand, B, that's your question. Boxing is definitely back because guys understand that in order to make those big paydays, you got to risk that old. So, 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 salute to you, bro, for making the the the, the right decision and, and you know passing up on this uh, what you call you know generational fight uh, to go support Gilly. Uh, thoughts and prayers to Gilly and his family. They lost his you know his son. Um, you know, my question for you is is this: Can you help Ashley and I, and I out? Uh, in September for the Charlo uh, Canelo fight. Like, let's lay it out for her. She's never been to a boxing event. You know, you're the king of Vegas right now. Let's set everything up and let's give her the ultimate experience. Well, I, well, B, I'm glad you said that because now we can get on it. I'm going to go ahead and hit Espinosa and let him know how many how many we need, B. So, so I, I you know, me, I just need two, okay? Ashley probably, you know, she may need two. She might bring somebody, right? So for okay. you got two for me, two for Ashley. Locked in. It's locked in. Say less. But 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 but, but 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 stack. We need to lay out the whole thing. We talking about we going to Delilah's. We going to Carbone. What restaurants are we going to? Suited and booted. You know what I'm okay. saying? The whole. So we we we, we, we need to really lay it out. We definitely suited and booted. We staying at the win. So our homeboy Jasmine can coordinate our whole weekend with the clubs and the restaurants and all that. We're going to let Jasmine handle all that. All we got to do is show up. But we definitely suited and booted to the fight, B. Okay, great. Great. Hey, I might need your help. Are y'all going to lose me like the guy in The Hangover, how they left him on the roof? (laughs) 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 If you lose me, there are people that will come looking for me. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to be on the roof, 
On yeah, the roof. Yeah, see, I, I, I didn't been with I, I didn't been with Stack in the Barclay centers and some big fights. Wilder, et cetera, et cetera. I've been out with Stack in Vegas. That's the last thing that's gonna happen. How Stack roll, everybody come in, everybody come out. Like Stack yes. taking yes. care of us. Exactly. Exactly. Well, b- before we let Stack go, I, I wanna get his take on the Bronny James situation. LeBron James just put out a statement the first time since Bronny James experienced cardiac arrest. He said, quote I want to thank the countless people sending my family love and prayers. We feel you. I'm so grateful. Everyone doing great. We have our family together, safe and healthy, and we feel your love. We we will have more to say when we're ready, but I wanted to tell everyone how much your support has meant to us all. So thankfully, Bronny is doing much better, at least what based on this statement says. But diving into this a little bit deeper, I mean, Stack, we are seeing athletes, young athletes, at an alarming rate, it seems every year the percentage gets higher and higher, experiencing cardiac arrest in a multitude of different sports. I mean, it's it's frightening because when you think of young athletes, you think of being able to play basketball for eight hours a day and, you know, it has no wear and tear on your body. And we're, we're in a situation where things are a lot different. I mean, what do you take away just from that percentage not necessarily or that part of it not necessarily the Bronny james part of it. it it sucks man that shit makes me super emotional man because i have boys and you know i'm going to philly this week to deal with to uh see gilly to you know help him more into losing his son man and to see Bron, like it just sucks man to see people have to go through that i uh i um when i saw that i just instantly cried man. like i said i got my own kids and i know how much how hard he worked for his family. And the last thing you want to do is see your child go through something like that. Last thing you want to do is bury your child. So uh, I, I, I just been praying for the James family. I hate that he got to go through that because I don't wish that on nobody because I know I lose my mind if something like that happened to one of my boys. Mm. 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 Mm-hmm. Well, like yeah, I said, it, it, well, like I said, it seems that Bronny is doing better. He is out of ICU, which, um, you know, various doctors have spoke on this is a sign of optimism. Now, everyone wants to know if he'll be able to play. And that's, I feel like, not even relevant. The fact is he's alive. He's okay. The USC team, um, medical staff reacted quickly. And like Brandon said yesterday when speaking on the DeMar Hamlin situation and the comparisons, you know, the right training is everything. And those few minutes are so instrumental and so important. And um, I feel like everybody trying to dissect whether Bronny will be able to play and LeBron being able to play with him is kind of is not kind of is completely missing the point. The point is, is that he's here and the James family will make the best decision for their family and for their child. And I'm just happy that Bronny is on the other side of that and he's going through the healing process and wherever that process may take him. He is alive and well, and that's really all that matters. Brandon? Right. Oh, uh, yeah, my final thoughts on this is, you know, you, you definitely want to be respectful for the family's wishes and give them the privacy and not really dive into these debates. And just like you guys said and stack showing the emotion here that it's all about life. It's not about ball. It's not about anything else. When you're in these type of situations, that's the only thing you think about is just like, you know, Throw all that stuff away. You just think about family, you think about the relationship. LeBron James will give up everything. All the rings, chasing Michael Jordan, MVP trophies, all the money for his son, right? That's right. That's, that's the reality. But also the reality is this. I will say this, right? 
We've seen this before. You have Sharif O'Neal who dealt with this. He had open heart surgery. He had to sit out a whole year at LSU. Seeing uh, Shawnee O'Neal and Shaquille O'Neal by his bedside, they went through this, and now he's on the other side of that. He is, uh, you know, fighting for his position in the NBA. You, we had Demar Hamlin die on the field last year, and now he's back. We saw that really emotional video of him running out the tunnel uh, first day of, of training camp. So there are some, uh, uh, um, you know, some examples out there, some cases out there where we're seeing our guys make full recoveries because it because of our medical staffs reacting quickly uh, and correctly. So, um, you know, right now it's all about his health, but I am looking forward to Brawny one day uh, 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 taking the court again, and that's going to be super emotional. And, 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 you know, these situations, last thing I would say, Ashley, uh, stat, Corey, these situations humanize us as athletes, right? Because so many yeah. people and fans for years have put us on these pedestals of gladiators and these superheroes. And the way they talk about us, cover us, is unhealthy. And so the last couple of years, we're starting to see the athlete be more humanized. Absolutely. Well, Stack, I know you have a flight to catch. You're a busy man, but thank you so much for taking time out to join us in we between. Absolutely. Man, I love y'all too, man. I appreciate it. Sorry I got to run, man. No worries. No Stack. Stack. Appreciate it always. I'll send you, I'll send you my account. I'll send you my account info, uh, the wire. Um, you know, I, I don't know if it's 75K or 80K I need, but I'm right around 20, 25,000 on this one, okay? <laughs> betting a draw. I'm yeah. betting a draw, Stack. Bro, just let me know. Send it right over. <laughs> <laughs> my dog. Travel nah, safe, bro. Love y'all, man. I'll holler at y'all. Bye. Later. Take it easy. Uh, safe flight. All right, so. I do not love that guy. For real. Right, he's, he's a real one, like we said. Stand up guy. Man. So I guess now we can go ahead and double back to news of the day, Is that and what you then do? go back into daily route word on the tweet from where we left off, left off with Zach. Zach Stack. Mm. <laughs> nah, let's do it. So, let's do it. Zach. Zach. That's worse than Brandon calling him by his government <laughs> name. You see that? Um, <laughs> so, Corey, what is the news of the day? Go ahead. Well, listen, this has been a topic all week, right? Because we saw, um, saw the Saudi Arabian team, Al Halal, uh, offer base, uh, Mbappe, uh, Kylian Mbappe, a $775 million contract. Well, it's come out that he declined it. He Duh. Doesn't, he doesn't, doesn't want to no, meet with representatives. Don't say it like that, I told you guys this. <laughs> when I was in the New York studio, I said he is not taking that money. He's yeah. 24 years old. Old. He's 10 years younger than Ronaldo. Ronaldo's on the tail end of his career when he took that money. Mm -hmm. He has the opportunity to play for Real Madrid. That's where he wants to go. He is not risking a year in Saudi Arabia unnecessarily just for a payday. He's not doing it. Listen, he doesn't have listen, to. Listen, Three quarters of a billion. He doesn't have to. He's Kylian Mbappe. Like. Let me say this is a, it's the it's it's our, uh, we call it Baby Friday, Little Friday, Friday Junior. I don't Friday have Junior. the capacity to go back and forth with Ashley, Friday Junior. I'm not gonna go back and forth with Ashley on this, um, but this is what I would say, Ashley, LeBron James, uh, you know Patrick Mahomes when it's all said and done, career earnings will be somewhere around five hundred and something million dollars. This is absolutely something that any player should look at. Why? Because it's one year, $700 million. So, yes, he is 24. So you take the $700 million plus the five $600 million that he'll make, plus maybe even more off of the, off of the pitch, 
We're talking about this guy having $2 billion in career earnings when it's all said and done. The way that he get there is by taking a one-year deal. I think they absolutely looked at this. Now, is it honorable for him to say no to this because of some of the political things going on, some of the humanitarian things that's going on uh, across the world? Absolutely. But you definitely look at it, right? Like sports has always been something that's broken through politics and whatever's going on in the world. How many times have we have gone back to the beginning of time, the Olympics? How many times have we still sent our athletes over to some of these places? We just did it in Qatar for the World Cup. And you still see athletes still going on, going over there. Our, our countries are still sending our athletes over there and supporting. And you go back to the 60s, the 40s. This has always happened. Athletes, sports is something that lives in the, in the center of everything. And, and it, it really isn't connected to anything but sports. Sports galvanize. Sports brings people together. That's what I would say to this. And that's why athletes the, any, in this type of position should look at it. The, the World Cup is a little bit different because, yes, while the environment wasn't ideal, you weren't playing for the country. You were playing and representing your country in the World Cup. We're talking about him going over there and playing for Saudi Arabia. And also, we're not talking about him foregoing that to play for a team in the MLS. No shade to Messi, but the MLS is not what the Premier League is. It's just we it's just not. We're talking about him leaving PSG to go and play for Real Madrid. That Real Madrid dynasty will not end. Like it is one of the best teams in the world. He is in a prime position to go ahead and be the next goat of the sport, to win multiple chips. Yes, the money up front is ideal and it's sensational and it's polarizing. But when you think about the long game, he is going to win. And the money that he is foregoing, I am a firm believer he will come close to making that in his lifetime as no in the way. sport. No I way. do. No way. I Elon do. Musk, I do. Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, uh, Warren Buffett, uh, uh, Tyler Perry, Jay Z, who billionaires, trillionaires, they they'll look at you and tell you it's impossible. It's down there impossible for anybody to go out there in one year and make seven hundred and sixty million dollars or whatever it was. The NFL teams, NFL teams are bringing in $600 million a year. Think about that. This is a $10 billion industry, 32 teams, and they're bringing in uh, an average roughly uh, a 600, $500 to $600 million a year. One player making more than an NFL team? Are you kidding me? But Brandon, you're also foregoing the fact that he's already worth $200 million. His contract with Real Madrid is probably going to be two times what he was making with PSG. You can fact check me this on this, Woo, but he has multiple deals with high-end fashion houses. Not to mention, I believe PSG, I believe PSG <laughs> gave him stake in PSG. So he's still making money from the team even when he's not on it. He is going to be fine financially. I promise you. He's going to be just fine. 24 years old. He can probably play the sport yeah. for another 10 years, if not more, depending on health. And that's not right. counting all the things that he has his hands in outside of the sport. He's going to be just fine. I, and, and listen, the last thing I'll say on this, Ashley, I agree with you. He will be fine. 
you know, uh, $700 million at, when it's all said and done compared to 1.5. He's still uber, uber wealthy, uh, and he'll continue to make money when he's when he's when it's done. Uh, you know, this is a great place for athletes and, and, and for sports to be in. You know, athletes now becoming billionaires. This is a real thing. You know, you have Michael Jordan. You have, I believe, LeBron James might be a billionaire. Maybe a few others that's been able to do it in business. But for athletes to be in position to make a billion dollars, $2 billion in career earnings on the pitch, on the court, on the field, that's a true blessing. You know, we are chasing our dreams. We are doing something that we love. And to make this type of money is unbelievable. And hopefully, you know, athletes like um, Mbappe and others, the Messies of the world, do things like what Jalen Brown uh, uh, came out and said he did. He had his press conference, right? And I thought that was pretty cool. We talked about that earlier, but we really didn't dive into the other things that he said. He laid out a strategic plan on what he's going to invest uh, in in the community, the things that he wants to do, bringing black wall street to boston uh, uh closing a wealth gap in our communities right like he laid out what he wants to do with now becoming the the richest uh and having the biggest deal the nba has ever seen so hopefully we have more athletes doing that building up our communities building up our people so it's a it's a it's a great place to be in and it was a great debate and maybe we'll take it to you know, our audience and, and, and our audience can decide if you're on Ashley's side or my side. Mbappe, I love what you did. <laughs> I'm here for you. You got my support, bro. <laughs> well, look, Brandon, you listed a couple billionaires in this conversation, right? One of them was Elon Musk, and that leads me to the next piece of news that we have. So Elon Musk and Twitter could potentially lose close to two, uh, excuse me, $20 billion after changing the logo of Twitter from the bird to the X. You might have noticed that, you know, on Twitter if you've been, you know, using it this week. But, uh, but, but yeah, you know, and, and a lot of people obviously have been rubbed the wrong way. They're just like, why? What was the reasoning for it? Well, Elon Musk on Twitter kind he of He doesn't gave even his, know. Yeah, well, go he, ahead. Nah, well, he gave his explanation here, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> he, says, he says, Twitter was acquired by X Corp, both to ensure freedom of speech and as an accelerant for X, the everything app. This is not simply a company renaming itself, but also, I mean, excuse me, but doing the same thing. The Twitter name made sense when it was just 140 character messages going back and forth like birds tweeting but now you can post any almost anything including several hours of video in the months to come we will add comprehensive communications and the ability to conduct your entire financial world the twitter name does not make sense in the context so we must bid adieu to the bird thoughts not buying it next <laughs> i mean he, he stripped uh, down one of the things that i don't I hear all the things that he added in terms of video and aspects, but he also took away something that was instrumental in Twitter, and that was the verification. You mm -hmm. now, it is now a free for all for misinformation. Mm -hmm. It's a free for all for yeah. people misleading others. You know, taking away the verification from legitimate journalists, from legitimate people within different industries has made the app almost just unusable because you don't know what's real. You don't know what's false. The verification process in which that they said that they were gonna go through all these steps to make sure that it was legitimate. People are buying check marks. People are getting, Kevin, I mean, this is a lesser version of it, but Kevin Garnett 
thought that Draymond Green thought that Kevin Garnett was dissing him because an account yeah. with a verification put out a fake quote that Kevin Garnett didn't even say and he took the bait. It's just not, starting beef. It's literally yeah, sure it's is. I hear all the things that he's trying to add, but at the root of it, Twitter was supposed to be and was a groundbreaking tool for receiving and sharing information. And now that has completely changed because it is not able to be legitimized whether what's real and what's fake and that is a huge problem yeah yeah so 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 i'll say this um ashley well said you know ashley's the expert when it comes to twitter uh she does a phenomenal job she has amazing uh engagement and she's uh super active there i don't know how the hell you do it ashley <laughs> i don't know where you I find like this time um ashley jp the team always gets on me when it comes to twitter you know, I have no clue what's going on there. Uh, over the past two weeks, I have been a little bit more active. I haven't been tweeting, but I've been reading. I've been watching. Um, and, and, and I am getting a lot of ideas. Corey, you're seeing, you know, some of the things that I'm like, yo, I want to talk about this on the show. A lot of that is coming from Twitter. So mm -hmm. I would, I'll lean uh, uh, towards Ashley, um, her, her commentary around, you know, what made Twitter special, because I would say she's an expert there. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the money right? 20 billion, right? So that's what you said. Twitter could lose close to 20 billion after changing logo to, to the X. That doesn't matter. You guys got to understand Elon Musk, like it's a, like money is not a real thing to him. There's a few people in this world where money is not a real thing. They don't, there's no paper. It's all like digital, right? Like it's not even about what he has. It's about what the company is worth what the company is bringing in. And we're talking about all of Elon Musk's uh, uh, business universe. He goes to banks, he's leveraged banks to say, look, I need $500 million. I need a billion dollars. Why? Because he's borrowing against his future earnings or the company's future earnings. So for us to be thinking about 20 billion, I know that's big for us, but this is nothing to him. Remember how he even acquired Twitter. So Elon Musk will be fine. And I'm also confident that uh, Twitter X, whatever the hell they're calling it, it will be fine, right? Because everything has to evolve, right? Things are changing every single day. They have to find a way to be competitive. And then also remember, Twitter wasn't really profitable. So Elon Musk is coming in as a businessman saying like, okay, it's cool. I hear you, Ashley. But at the end of the day, it's about the bottom line and monetization. And we have the, the last regime hasn't done a great job of that. So I'm coming in, changing everything, and I'm going to make money. And I believe that Elon Musk is done. Hey, we'll see. We'll see, right, Ashley? For but sure. um, moving on, this, now this is a very interesting piece of news here. Former U.S. intelligence David Grush confirms under oath that the government possesses UFOs and non-human bodies. Duh. Y'all, are we getting closer and closer to really figuring out if we I'm have I'm just saying, here? like... This is a Black Mirror we, episode. We've <laughs> known this, though. Like, I know people like to, like, you know, I'm, listen, I've never been one to... Um, Conspirize? But I am a believer in aliens. Conspirize. Yeah. I'm a believer in aliens for a multitude. <laughs> I'm a believer in aliens for the simple fact that uh -huh. the science shows that each star is a sun to a different planet. Think of all the stars Ooh, yeah. in the sky. Oh, each star, though? Each star is a there sun to a different planet. So yeah. if you think Here's about that logically, 
We're so tiny in this universe. And how big the universe and how big the universe actually is and how yeah. much of it is unexplored. There is no possible way that we are the only living species in the universe of all the different universes, all the different galaxies, I'm sorry, of all the different galaxies in the universe, mm -hmm. of all the unexplored territory of space. There's absolutely no possible way that we are the only human existence out there. We just have not explored and vice versa, or maybe vice versa, they have explored and we just aren't aware. Mm -hmm. I am a full believer that at some point in the history of this country, alien contact has happened. And I'm just glad that someone finally said it. <laughs> mm. Yo, I mean, hey, hey uh, go ahead. Ashley, did you go to school? I thought you went to school for journalism. I did. Or did you go for exploratory studies? Because when we talk about the environment, climate, and uh, you know, now we're talking about alien invasions. Like, what did you go to school for? I went to school for journalism and I minored in communications and political science, but I'm big into the environment. I'm big into space. I'm big into just all of those things. So I just research and watch documentaries on my free time and I read books and just from a, just from a logical standpoint, I don't know how you can know, and it's been a proven fact that every star is a sun to a different planet, and there are multiple galaxies in this universe that have not been explored. It's look, think about how long it took us to discover Pluto, and go to, mm -hmm. and, and that. Like, yeah. think of all the planets we haven't discovered. It's just it'd be ignorant for like anybody to think, knowing that that we are the only living species in the universe. Mm -hmm. It's just not true. So, so, the, so the way I respond to this, uh, um, uh, it, it just seems like this is a woo type of conversation so i'm going to back out and let Wu step forward and give so, his commentary so you know, <laughs> let's, let's go Wu. you want to go toe-to-toe -to -toe? we could do no, this no no, no. Woo, but woo, I, woo, I actually woo, have woo. a right, theory that I, I believe in which is that i think that the real space or like creatures are actually in the water because there's so many depths that we can't reach and so many crazy mm. looking mm. creatures that come out of there it might be two versions it might be one in space, like you said, with the stars, and then the other underneath. Right <laughs> well, I do think, I do think, to be honest, I don't know if I would refer to them necessarily as aliens, because mm -hmm. alien, by definition, is foreign, like yeah, not on foreign Earth. Foreign from the planet, yeah. So technically, okay. those wouldn't be aliens, yeah. but I do believe that there are a lot of prehistoric creatures that may that have survived below. various evolutions mm -hmm. that live in the ocean for sure. That's yeah, like yeah. the deep sea where the, the submarines sank. Living the reason that we haven't been able to explore that is how far deep it is. And also a lot of those animals and those creatures down there have adjusted to no light, mm -hmm. to no food mm -hmm. sources, to little to no, um, wow. su like why well, I said light. Um, but they are things that have survived prehistoric times. They are yeah. things that have survived the big bang. They are mm -hmm. things that have survived so many different eras of you know our planet so i believe that i don't know if i believe that they're aliens though but i 100 percent look like now aliens. do i believe that aliens are short little green men with like little hats <laughs> and stuff no that's not what i think aliens look yeah. like do i think they look like alien versus predator no i do think maybe. though maybe maybe not i'm not envisioning <laughs> what it looks like but i do know that life forms outside of ours exist a hundred percent i believe that yeah, so, 100%. So this is what I want to say. I want to reset the show right now. Corey in a cut, Ashley Nicole Moss, um, our exploratory uh, student of the century, uh, <laughs> Woo Out West, and we have Mander Legend and BC in the booth. And I can't wait for BC to start chiming in here. Uh, once we have a bigger budget, we're going to make sure he has a camera set up and a mic. 
This is Paper Planet on <laughs> Faction Talk Channel 103. Amen. Yeah, we changed the name to Paper Planet today uh, because we're talking about all these uh, uh, wild topics and conspiracies. Um, but this is Faction Talk Channel 103, Paper Planet, and we're here on YouTube. We just want to say thank you to everyone that rocks with us every single day. Um, this is not easy for us to produce a show, uh, come out and talk about these things every single day. So thank you for sticking with us and also putting in your comments and your suggestions because it makes us better. It makes the show better. Back to you, Corey. Paper yes, Planet. <laughs> First episode of Paper Planet. Back to you. <laughs> well, well, fortunately, or maybe unfortunately, I don't know. We're going to go back to sports, though. So that was it for news of the day. But we're going to hop back on the oh, timeline. Yeah, I can talk about this alien thing uh, all show. Uh, no, oh, yeah, yeah, right. Let's keep going. <laughs> we should just have yeah, a so, day so where we just... Facts. We should have a day where the show is literally just about, like, different conspiracy theories. Yeah. We and can talk go them in. down. I watch Ancient... You watch Ancient Aliens? The show? Ancient Aliens, yes. We should totally do a show where we pull, al- we pull we pull topics from Ancient Aliens and we just dive into them. Is that on like the History Channel or like yeah. National yes. Geographic? Yeah, I know they show. do a lot of alien shows on, on yeah, History yeah, yeah. Channel. But um, but yeah, no, let's... So, <laughs> so, so, so Corey, uh-huh. what we're learning from about Ashley is this, right? Um, I think she's a big Marvel fan. I, I, I am. I'm a Marvel, Marvel fan, DC fan. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, so Marvel, DC... Um, I don't even know what to classify this as. Like, what did you say you're into? The you know the planet, you know climate change. I'm an what, environmentalist. What would you this as? An environmentalist. You're an environmentalist. She's a huge sports fan, right? Very interesting. I'm a dork. <laughs> it's very interesting. Yeah, I, it's I think very people. I think people are very like. They look at my Instagram and they look at like the things that I do with my friends and like, mm-hmm. oh, she's so cool, and I am, but I'm also a dork. And I am. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's called balance. It's called right, balance. Exactly. It's called right. balance. <laughs> it does take All right. Well, um, how about we get back to some? Well, honestly, can I, I had to? I gotta address this. The, uh, the Dolphins. Jalen Ramsey carted off with an apparent leg injury. Oh no. Camp today, so definitely want to um. Thoughts and prayers, not condolences, because he's alive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but thoughts and prayers to Jalen Ramsey, and hopefully he's all right. Definitely don't want him to go down. But um, Sorry, but as I was saying, let's let's go back to the timeline. Um, and we got something from Anthony Edwards. He was actually just a a uh, well, he had made an appearance on uh, Hire. I believe that's the uh, the publication. But ironically, this tweet comes from depressed Warriors fan. But what he did was spoke on the Warriors. <laughs> yeah, ironically, this yeah this tweet comes from depressed Warriors fan. But Anthony Edwards says, "I want to play the Warriors in the playoffs." We got a clip from it. Let's actually like listen to the clip. What are you looking forward to most of this upcoming season? Definitely going back to the playoffs and going further in the playoffs to go versus uh, the Warriors. I want to play the Warriors. I want to get to the Warriors wherever they at. I want to get to them. Got you. Why the Warriors? I mean, because Draymond talks so much trash. That's pretty much the only reason. Short clip, but I feel like there's a lot to talk about there, right? Like, one, how do we feel about the Timberwolves? But two, I want to know, like, because I think I think this is going to become a trend. Draymond, right? I think in the last year, he might have built a few enemies. I don't know. That's just mm-hmm. how I feel. But I wanted to ask you guys, do you think Draymond now kind of has a target on his back? So it's kind of a two-part. Timberwolves versus Warriors. Do you think... One, maybe the question might be both teams. We don't know how the Warriors are going to look next year, but can the Timberwolves get back to the playoffs? How does that matchup look? But also, again, Draymond. Like, do you think he might have a target on his back heading into next season? A target on his back from whom? You know, just just really from players in general, right? Because but seen- like, which are we talking young players? 
Are we talking his I mean, peers, I, like his fellow vets? Like who are we talking about? I think I think uh, it could be both. I, could, I think it could be both. I, I'd say younger players would probably have more of a problem with Draymond, but younger do you players, think? I don't think he he's worried about. Yeah. To be honest, Draymond, um, it's, yeah. it's Draymond. You know what I mean? He's not worried about the rookies. He's not worrying about the under twenty four dudes. He doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you were talking about his peers, vets, then I would say maybe. Yeah. Um, but I think also they've been in the league long enough with Draymond to know his personality to know how to deal with him that I don't think it affects them the same way that it may affect the younger guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that said, I don't know if I would say he's put a target on his back that he cares about. Like, is there a target on his back? Sure. Is mm-hmm. it one that he really cares about? No. Mm-hmm. Like, you think he cares about that he's been on a Jordan Poole world tour and that Jordan Poole doesn't like him? He doesn't care. Like, he genuinely doesn't care. Yeah. Now, if this were a... Kevin Durant and he was on a and he was on a tour talking and bashing KD, then he probably would care because KD would probably be the one to be like, yo, what's up? What's your problem? Like, take it out on him in a game, like whatever, whatever. But they're more they're all peers because they play in the same league, but there's tiers of peers, if that makes sense. It makes sense. So yeah. I, I think that he knows his audience and he knows what tier he can go in on and knows what tier he can't go in on. Mm-hmm. He may be he may be a loose cannon, but he's not dumb. <laughs> right. He, but he does seem to have a roster. Yeah. He has a roster right? that he, he circulates like, through. Like I'm looking at yeah. Sabonis. Maybe he stepped on Sabonis. Was he Dylan what's Brooks, Sabonis he pushed him the basketball? He punched Jordan Poole. He's about to make a roster of hate. You. But he doesn't do it, he doesn't do it to fellow vet all stars. He does yeah. it to the young Correct. boys. He knows mm-hmm. exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly who he's picking on. That's why mm-hmm. I said he's a loose cannon, but he's not dumb. <laughs> well, well, I, uh, to answer your question, Corey, I do think that he has a target on his back, and he's had a target on his back uh, probably for ninety percent of his career. Once he got out, once he once he established himself um, as a champion, as a veteran, you know, as a boss, um, you know, he stepped into his own right. And so this is who Draymond embraced. This is, you know, who he is, uh, it seems like on the court or off the court, but also players, athletes take on these like different personas and these different personalities. And Draymond wants to be the bad guy. Some guys enjoy this. And when you do that, you know it comes with, you know, guys coming in every single night trying to, you know, take your head off and really getting after you. So um, I think that Draymond's always had a, a, a target on his back and uh, he embraces it. That's why every single night, you know, he's getting guys best. And I think that it's younger guys. I think it's older guys. But like Ashley said, older guys, they've been around. They know it's like, oh, that's just Draymond. It's like Lance Stevenson back in the day, right? It's like, oh, that's just Lance. Remember LeBron? He's blowing in LeBron's air, and LeBron just smiles and laughs. <laughs> it's similar to Pat Beverly. It's the same thing. Like, guys laugh at, laugh at Pat. But I do push back on you a little bit, Ashley, when it comes to him not trying veterans. I think he will try a vet. I think he will try an all-star. Do but you? those all-stars are the ones. Yeah, I just think those all-stars are the ones that don't take him serious, right? It's like... It's that that picture that we saw Lance Stevenson blowing in LeBron's ear and he laughs. Veterans are more savvier. They're not going to let people knock them off their their, their pivot. They're not going to let guys get them out their game, right? They're just going to look through it, right? And I see that's why you haven't seen as much beef with some of those fellow all-stars. And secondly, do y'all like this energy from Anthony Edwards? Like, What are y'all's expectations for the Timberwolves next year? No, no. 
No, I don't like the energy. It oh. was like it was too soft. It was like it was, you know, like, yeah, I would like to play against Golden State. Well, why? Uh, because he talks a lot of trash. Like what he should have said is like, no, nah, like Draymond talks too damn much. <laughs> it's time to shut up Draymond. Yeah. Like, come on now, give us something. You know what I'm saying? Create it. Like if we gonna go there, let's go there. He like he he straddled the fence. You can't half ass it. Right? Like Draymond ain't half ass in his trash talk. Draymond ain't half ass in his aggression on the court. So you already losing. <laughs> Draymond ain't even listening to this. But if he came out, Ashley, and he said, Yo, it's time to shut this dude up, old head. You, you <laughs> like if he did that, now he oh, old head. But Ew. he ain't do that. So to me, I, I I don't love it. I didn't respect it. <laughs> That's too funny. I actually liked it, man. Did you? Yeah. I actually liked it. Because, yeah. I mean, like, we're seeing a different part of him. But I agree with B. Like, he could be a little bit more aggressive. But this season, we've seen him start to step out. The the whole situation with the contract and his girl and the dog mm -hmm. yeah, and now this. Right, right. um, <laughs> I think he could be more aggressive on court. That mm -hmm. first year of Anthony Edwards when he was dunking on everybody, Yeah, I, I guess he would start working on his shot or something. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just concerned, of course, for the Timberwolves because of just the way that their starting lineup is configured. I yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I wish Anthony Edwards was in a better situation where I think he can, you know, we like the, his team can get more out of him, or or rather, he can get more out of his team. But, you know, we'll we'll, we'll see about that situation. Well, Anything well, that well, well, you, well, you you heard his teammate come yeah. out and say that what he's better than what actually what did he say that he was better than a Joker or. Um, what would the what the uh, Carl Anthony Towns say? So that this team no, was in they good said, position. They, they, no, they said no, they said that Pat um, Bev had said that he was the best center in the league. Is that what you're referring? Yeah, to? that he said that he was the no, and then Cat said that he also changed the game, and that when it's all said and done, he'll go down as one of the best to ever or like well, something he'll along go, those lines. Yeah, no, it was something. It was a few no, things he said when he's by he's when, when he's done. He said people look back at his career. Say and he, said he changed, changed the, the game. game. So yeah, you yeah. Got it. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. yeah. That's an interesting. Well, I also got to I brought that up, Corey, because you know, obviously, this team is confident, and I think this could can be a team, um, Ashley, where you know we're looking at them like, damn, where did they come from next year? There's more parity in the in it, well, hell, all the sports now, NFL and the and, well, and I can't say the NFL because you got Patrick Mahomes and just Joe Burrow right there, and then you have the Eagles. We'll see if they're able to have some sustained success, but in the NBA. It's parity across the board. So they're going to have a chance to be right where they want to be, and that's as champions next year. They're going to have a chance for sure. Yeah, yeah. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help Dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power Dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. NetCredit is here to say yes, because you're more than a credit score. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partners. NetCredit. Credit to the people. Hulu is coming in hot this month with new shows, new movies, and all new seasons of your faves. Don't miss FX's Clipped, the story of one NBA team's racial reckoning, starring Lawrence Fishburne. Stream a new season of Shorzy, the underdog hockey comedy that might just knock your teeth out. 
Then catch the high-speed drama Ferrari starring Adam Driver and Penelope Cruz. Kick your streaming into high gear this month with so much new stuff to watch on Hulu. Imagine earning a degree that prepares you with real skills for the real world. Capella University's programs teach skills relevant to your career so you can apply what you learn right away. Learn how Capella can make a difference in your life at capella.edu. All right, well, moving on, uh, I want to get you guys' thoughts on this situation. So Jason Tatum, um, I believe this was at a camp he was kind of participating in. No, it was the... Um, it was like a... Was it a Nike? It was a, a camp in St. Louis. I believe it was Nike. It was him, Bradley yeah. Beal, uh-huh. and I believe... Was it Paulo? I don't oh, know. It was, all, it was a St. Louis crew. So okay. I, I know Bradley Beal was there as well. Right, so. right, right, right. Well, basically what he did was share his thoughts on load management, right, in the NBA. So I want to throw this throw to this clip, and then when we come back, we'll talk about what he had said. Man, I don't decide. Shit, we playing. It's hardest tonight. I'm a chip. I only get to go to Charlotte two times a year. Somebody paid their money to come watch me play. Like, not trying to be arrogant. Like, like it's a bunch of kids in there, my shoes and my jersey. And just because we playing Charlotte on NBA League Pass on a Monday, then ain't nobody watching. I, nah, I'm chilling tonight. That's not what the, the, the great players, the best players do. So the way y'all compete in the middle, I loved it. And Pete and talking, block your shots, hard fouls, but still being safe. See, that's basketball. But then you can't go on the side basket like, ah, right, we ain't playing them. They still watching. They still evaluate. They didn't come to see me. Mm. Paolo or Brad, they know what we can do. Y'all the future, y'all next. So just keep that in mind, like, rank player, not big game, not big game, like, compete, play basketball, because don't take the for granted. Don't you wish this mindset would just mm. be consistent across the league, Brandon? <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you started with me. Thank you so much, right? I love this coming from Jason Tatum. I think he's gained so much more respect from the real ones out there, the stacks out there, and all the OGs, the Charles Barkleys, the Shaquille O'Neal's, uh, 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 the Charles Oakleys of the world. Like this is this is as real as it get. Okay, yeah. and yes, if more NBA uh, uh, players had this mindset and this approach, Ashley Nicole Moss, then you wouldn't have your in-season tournament. <laughs> you wouldn't be frustrated and upset with the, NF- the NBA, excuse me, uh, uh, trying things and exploring new things and trying to evolve because the product sucks from November, December to February, to, to hell, even into March. Okay, so if more NBA players had this type of mindset, we wouldn't be seeing the game forcing things like the end tournament season. So the casual NBA fans like myself and 78 percent of all other Americans, right, will tune in at the beginning of the year and not wait until March, April in the springtime to actually watch the NBA. Ashley Nicole Moss and her friends and her dad, Mr. Jeff, are the only ones watching basketball in November and December. Check the ratings. Hey, so check the ratings. Drops mic. All right, Ashley. <laughs> One, that's not true. <laughs> Two is I know that Brandon thinks that the in-season tournament is going to stop load management. It's not because if someone's going to load manage, it's 
they're not going to not load manage for a tournament. That means nothing. We're not talking about the playoffs. We're not talking about the finals. We're not talking about the conference finals. You think Kawhi gives a damn whether or not he gets an in-season tournament trophy at $500,000? He doesn't. He could care less. <laughs> He couldn't care less, rather. So that's not going to solve the problem. It's just going to make the games seem more entertaining to casual fans, but it's not going to stop players who are not going to play because of load management from playing. It's just not going to work. But I will say load management started as a way to preserve your stars. At its core, when used sporadically and when used correctly, I don't have an issue with it. What has happened, though, is load management has become something that is not being used here and there and just being used as an excuse to not play the premier games, not play the marquee games. Oh, we have a back-to-back, not going to play. Like At its core, it was used throughout the season to preserve your star because the season was so long. Now it's just become an excuse to not play. And that's where it's been taken advantage of. The, mm-hmm. the, the ideology behind it has been taken advantage of. So I will say that I disagree with what it has become. I don't necessarily disagree with what it initially was supposed to be. I will say, though, that, you know, Jason Tatum comes from the school of Kobe Bryant. You know, that was one of his mentors. Nice. That was one of his idols. And Kobe famously said, Well, Vanessa actually said at his memorial service when she would ask him, you know, why are you going to play today's game? And he was covered in ice and he had all these, you know, bumps and bruises and pains. He said the same thing that Jason Tatum just reiterated. You know, there's a kid there who spent all their money to come see me play. It's my responsibility to play. So um, in that regard, I, I love what he said. I think it's funny that Charlotte caught a stray twice. Like they're out there minding their business and it's like, I'm not, you think yeah, just know. because we're playing Charlotte, I'm not going to play? Like, damn, Charlotte's like, what the hell did I do? Like, I'm here minding my business. Um, I think that the NBA needs to figure out a way to bring load management back to what it was supposed to be, and that's a last resort. There needs to be a way to put stipulations and regulations on load management where you don't have a single player sitting out an entire week because of load management. We're not talking about somebody, we're not talking about players sitting out back-to-backs or long road trips where they may have sustained a little bit of a tweak in the first game and now, you know, the second game we're just going to play them. We're talking about guys who, my arm hurts, my back hurts, My allergies are bothering me. I didn't get enough sleep last night. My stomach hurts. I'm sneezing. And it's like, oh, we're going to load manage him. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's just become an excuse. It's become the go-to excuse when you don't want to play for whatever reason, we're going to load manage. And that's where the problem lies. And that's where the the NBA needs to figure out how to fix this and bring it back to what it was supposed to be. Yeah. 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 Well said. All right, guys. Well, we're going to move on. But, Brandon, we actually got a fan question that is for you. This is from J. Payne Goff. And, you know, we were talking about trash talking a little bit, you know, a little while ago. J. Payne Goff asked, B. Marsh, was there ever a DB that got into your head with trash talk? Hmm. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I'll say, who was uh, 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 Yeah, uh, a couple, I would say. Um, and that's rare for me. Like, we were talking about Draymond earlier, right? Like, I was the opposite of Draymond, right? Like I didn't want to talk because I didn't want that to put out the energy of like there 
bro, like it's so hard to go 70 plays and run full speed every single one of them. And maybe you get two to three plays off as a starting <laughs> wide receiver, yeah, right? So with. now dragging back to the huddle, I'm yipping and yapping with you. That's taking energy, but I ain't got time for that. And then there's extra shoving, and then there's guys that, you know, when you start talking trash, you know, and this is what I absolutely hated about the game. Like, I go down, and now there's two, three other dudes. They call this topping off. They come down. I want to power hit you, put the helmet into what? your back or in your leg. That's what hurts. Yeah, they whoa, call it topping whoa, whoa. off. They call it what? Pause. Is that a pause? Yeah, let's, that let's a pause? Yeah. Up. I mean, it, it might have been so bad. I, you should have seen Ashley's <laughs> reaction. That was like a that might have been a major pause the, the way she looked. I said no because I just that's not what I expected it to be called. I said, wait, what? <laughs> it's called what? Okay. Um, yeah, sorry, so, sorry to so interrupt you. So what happened? I said, wait, what? What is happening? Where did this conversation just go? Yeah, okay, yeah. sorry. So you that said, took me by so, surprise, yeah, go, and you know I'm not like somebody who plays that game. Yeah, I so. Think, so you lost it. So go back to when you said when you go down and then somebody else comes in and, and they then start they, topping off. Yeah, so start, start there and then, and then continue on with the story. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. When you talk trash on the football field, that's the type of top off that you don't want. <laughs> Yo, that's funny. You gotta change some of these names, man. Right? What is wrong with you, Ashley? I, it, Yo, honestly, you know, like if it got me. It was enough to be like, huh? Because yeah. I don't play that game. But right. that Corey saw my face in the studio. I, I literally looked Almost up and said, "What?" <laughs> oh my yeah. life! Hold on a second, guys. My light is flickering. Back to it. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so hold on. Uh, hold on. So here's what I would say while I'm in the dark. Okay, Aaron um, Rodgers, darkness retreat. Go right, ahead. Right. Oh, nice. So, so, so yes. Uh, there was a few that got me off my game right because they took it personal like when you start talking about my wife or oh, certain man. things on the on the field like that that like the game stops for me like literally you could be on the other side of the field and i'm on the other on one side and i might have to do something i have assignment on this side i'll tell my quarterback i used to tell jay cutler you know this play don't even look at me i'm running all the way over there and i'm <laughs> trying to take this dude's head off right <laughs> And so some of these dudes, like Al Harris was a guy at the beginning oh, yep. of my career playing for the Denver Broncos, where he was just a man's man. I came out there playing games, trying to talk trash a little bit before the game. And right before the game, we got, we're head to head, uh, pause, head to head. Um, and then 10 <laughs> seconds into this exchange, he has his hand around my throat, right? Oh, no. Nah. And so we had to battle that whole game. Thank you for the light. Um, Another one was Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman wanted to, like, you know, there's rules to warm-ups. They had their side. We have our side, right? And they came, Seattle came to, to Chicago, all right? And so home team, we decide where we want to warm up. So we're on the north side, and Richard Sherman decides to come to the north side and warm up in between our routes. I respectfully go up to Richard Sherman like, bro, you're supposed to be on the other side of the field. And he looks at me, starts <laughs> takes his headphones off, and starts uh, 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 like going crazy. I'm like, bro, you got the wrong one. <laughs> me and him got into this real heated exchange where it, was, it almost got physical, and Coach Pete Carroll had to come and separate us. And then that whole game, we going at it. I gave him 160-something uh, 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 yards, two touchdowns, I believe, 10, 10 catches. We lost the game. Mm. So he, he ultimately he still won. <laughs> but it wasn't because of him. It wasn't because of the Legion of Boom. You know who was why why they won? Russell Wilson, his mm. first year. 
Mr. Comeback himself. Yes, the most winningest quarterback <laughs> through 10 years. Keep telling you all this. This was his uh, welcome to the NFL moment. Come into Soldier Field against that defense. Lance Briggs, Brian Urlacher, Julius Peppers, Charles Peanut Tillman, mm. Big Izzy, uh, 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 Tim. Come on, you kidding me? And he goes out there, Ashley Nicole Marsh. Y'all better put respect on his name. Y'all think y'all must have forgot who this dude is. And we got Sean Payton. We're going to talk about his remarks and why he said mm -hmm. what he said. You know, coming here soon. I'm on a little bit of a rant here. But I'm going to show my guy some love. Yes, I do like Russell Wilson because I saw it up close and personal. And then the last guy I would say um, was uh, probably – Antonio Cromartie, but I won't get into that exchange. You know, that was kind of funny. Oh. That's one of my ultimate teammates and one of the, my ultimate competitors. We pushed each other. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, we got to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers and him restructuring his deal with the Jets. We're going to talk about Colts owner mm. Jim Ursay saying that it's inappropriate, basically, for the running backs wanting to renegotiate a new oh, CBA. Oh. And what was Are that? Are we talking about Sean Payton? Yeah, I was going to end with that. And we're going to talk about Sean Payton. Right. And him basically just firing off on the Denver Broncos uh, old coaching staff. So we'll hit all of those when we come right back. Are you the best defensive player or are you the best player to ever play football? What do you, I'm not saying I'm the best player to ever play football. What about but defense? am I the best defensive player? OK, if not, who? Mm. Brandon? Reggie White. <laughs> Reggie Rice, great player, and I and I put him up there in the same uh, uh, same classes myself. Every time I walk into a room, or I pick up a paper, or something, it's uh, LT. Uh, you know, hey, I see an article. They talk about all these people, and then always at the last, my name always shows up in the last sentence of the last paragraph just before they say greatest of all time. Mm. Okay. Hey, do you think you could have played in this era? Yeah, if I didn't want a paycheck, yeah. <laughs> 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 you can kick me out of the game every, every week. Now, but yeah, I can play in an era. I think I can. I mean, I'm, I'm, I am rugged enough to play in this era. I've just, I don't know, it's, it, I, that's a hard question. Man. Could you have cleaned your game up though? The violence. The it was aggression. clean. That was clean as I could get it. I was clean. Then you can't play yeah, in this that, that, It might be it might be a problem. It might be a problem. It might be a problem. I may have to um play a different position, maybe have to move to the inside. Yeah. Where you, where it was Hello everyone. It's the Ashley Show, in case you didn't know. Corey's in the bathroom. I think he got lost. Brandon's in the dark like Aaron Rodgers. Corey, do not walk in front of this camera. I swear I will kick you. He's Corey is crawling at my feet right now. I thought it was going to be the Ash and Andrew Show. It's the, I was going to get to you, but Corey okay. interrupted me crawling down my feet. But you know what? That's actually like what I like a man to do, crawl at my feet. You That's hear crazy. anything? That's crazy. <laughs> That's exactly how I like it. Bow down to me. Um, where's the, where's the grass? Let me get the grass. Get me some grapes, Corey, please. Um, I'm kidding. <laughs> we are back. Um, the Mad Dog channel anymore. 
<laughs> we are back in Corey. I knew you. I know you had a topic you wanted to touch before we rounded out the show with uh, what Sean Payton had to say. So, oh, yeah. where do you want to take us now? So, yeah, we're going to talk Aaron Rodgers. So, he and the Jets agreed to a restructured deal worth seventy-five million dollars over the next two years. Now, that contract is fully guaranteed, but. He will be taking a pay cut of almost $35 million over the next two seasons. Rodgers was set to make close to $110 million in guarantees in his previous contract. Mm. So, you know, with this new contract, it's obviously, you know, providing a lot of financial flexibility for the Jets over the next two years. But how significant of a move was this, Brandon, by uh, Aaron Rodgers to construct, like I said earlier, a team-friendly deal with the Jets? Yo, this is a major move. This is a historical move. Uh, And I'm going to be honest, right? Like, one of the things that you can't do, uh, and, and we talk about this a lot, especially in our community, is don't count another man's chips. Don't don't get your hand out of another man's pocket, right? So uh, I've never really talked about this publicly you know, as far as quarterbacks doing this. But what we see is quarterbacks make up 20% to sometimes 22% of the uh, a team's uh, total salary cap. That's a lot of bread to one position. Historically, Right when when guys go off, come off of their rookie deals and they get their big deals, they stop losing. Right? I mean, they stop winning. Why? Or they're not winning uh, at that level because they don't have the the resources necessary to keep those superstars around. You're going to see this with the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow, you know, he's coming off his rookie deal. You got these guys coming out making fifty-two million dollars, fifty-two. million a year, new money, new money for Justin Herbert. What is Joe Burrow going to get, right? And with that being said, are they going to be able to sign T. Higgins and keep him? Probably not. They'll keep Jamar Chase for sure. But then you've got T. Higgins, you got Jamar Chase, you got offensive linemen. You just saw your running back have to take a pay cut, a 50% pay cut. Joe Mixon coming off of, what, 1,200 rushing yards? So this is a big deal because – uh, uh, guys like this, the Tom Brady's of the world, the Peyton Manning's of the world, and I've never said this, I've always have made so much money and also making a lot of money off the, off the field. And also, you guys are the one position that will always make money if you guys win Super Bowls, if you guys uh, are winners, Hall of Famers. You're always going to make money. Look at Troy Aikman. Look at Tony Romo. Look at Phil Sims. Look at Tom Brady. Tom Brady just signed a, what, 10-year, $300 million deal with Fox before he even retired? Dudes are making buku money uh, uh, post-career. So guys like Aaron Rodgers, like, it's a lot of money. But in the end, if you go win another Super Bowl with the Jets, bro, you're going to get that back times 10. So I always felt like this was a smart move for guys in this position, and there's only a few to do it because now you're able to keep superstars around you, more superstars. So this is huge. Aaron Rodgers, Ashley, has made over $300 million on the field in his career. Aaron Rodgers also is a savvy investor. He's a part of RX3 uh, Growth Capital. They have invested in some major companies. I think he's also a part owner of uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Aaron Mm -hmm. Rodgers is savvy. So Aaron Rodgers is going to probably be another athlete on that billion-dollar list when it's all said and done. So I'm not worrying about him, 
you know, leaving money on the table. I actually think this is going to put more money on his table because he will deliver the Lombardi Trophy. He will make uh, these Jets fans happy who's been depressed for years and years and years. And what that's going to bring in New York, in the number one media market in the world, is more deals, more visibility, and more opportunities. Yep, yep. Ashley, do you think this was a move by the Jets to free up some space for Dalvin Cook? Because the latest is that Dalvin Cook is meeting with the Jets this weekend for an official visit. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I, I think that the timing of it is definitely intriguing. Um, the timing of it is is definitely coincidental. Yeah. Um, if you believe in coincidences when it comes to the sports game. Um, you know, I think it would be a great move for both parties for different reasons. But I think that this just goes to show that Aaron Rodgers, one, is serious about making this team work. Mm -hmm. And two, I think that he's trying to do things a little bit differently than whatever reputation he amassed the last few seasons in Green Bay and specifically the last season in Green Bay. Um, you know, when it came to embracing or not embracing the young players that were there, not showing up to OTAs, um, you know, just kind of going through the motions. It seemed like he didn't. He was checked out at some points. And, you know, just not being the teammate that he once upon a time was in the Jordy Nelson era and the Devontae Adams era. I think that he's doing things differently this time around. So um, not to say that if he didn't restructure his deal that he would be a bad teammate, that he couldn't do that. Mm -hmm. I think this is just a le another level of showing that He's a he wants to be different this time around yeah. and that he wants to make this situation work. So it's definitely interesting and for it, sure. And and Ashley also it's just like, you know, uh, good for him for being in a, a really strong financial situation. Right. Super blessed. But it also shows that he really wants to win a Super Bowl like and he's willing to take a thirty five million dollar pay cut. He was due to make $108 million over the next two years. Now he's bringing 75. Man, it's going to be cool to see what the Jets do with all this extra capital. Yeah. You know, so it just highlights that this dude is really locked into delivering uh, a Lombardi trophy, you know, solidifying his legacy. I've been one. Listen, I'm cool with the Jets. Aaron Rodgers has blessed me a few times over the last year, just giving me time to sit down with him, interview him, and he doesn't do that for anybody outside of Pat McAfee. But I've been one that's been critical as well uh, about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Like, I feel like they have underperformed. Like, they they have wasted they've wasted Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay. What, he's there for 17 years? And you deliver one Lombardi trophy back to the home of the Lombardi trophy? Are you kidding me? Before Patrick Mahomes, there was no conversation of who was the best thrower of the football ever. Now there's a, some competition there, but we're talking about one of the most, probably the most talented quarterback the game has ever seen. Now I do believe Patrick Mahomes uh, will probably surpass Aaron Rodgers if he stays on this trajectory. But right now, Aaron Rodgers, there's nothing like Aaron Rodgers. I told y'all this story, right? Like saw this dude throw a no-look pass, a 40-yard no-look pass to the right. Like, I've never seen anybody do that. We've seen Patrick Mahomes, uh, uh, even Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, Matthew Stafford throw some 20-yard in cuts or some slant routes or some, some shallow routes, right? No look, but never a dude throw a go ball. No look go ball 
on the money, on the dime. Never seen that. This dude is that. So this wellness retreat, this darkness retreat, the ayahuasca, whatever they call it, like, yo, we probably may see one of the greatest years ever from a team and a quarterback. The Jets, y'all better put respect on the Jets' name. I got the I got the Jets coming out of AFC. Hey, you heard the man. All right, moving on, guys. Colts owner Jim Ursay had a a interesting statement. He he made an interesting statement, rather. Some may call it bold. But uh, this is what he said in regards to the running back market. He said, NFL running back situation. We have negotiated a CBA that took years of effort and hard work and compromise in good faith by both sides. Hmm. To now say that a specific player category wants another negotiation after the fact Hmm. is inappropriate. Some agents are selling bad faith. Um, So, so yeah, you guys just hop in on this one. I mean, yes and no. Yes and no. When Brandon and I had this conversation, it, when we were both in the studio, I believe this was last week, I said when I was on radio mm-hmm. and the CBA first was proposed and it went through the voting process and around 500 players did not even bother to cast a vote, I remember specifically saying, whatever the outcome is, you do not have the right to be upset because you did not make your voice you did not make your choice mm-hmm. heard. Yep. So with him saying that, you know, a certain position is unhappy with how the CBA is benefiting them or not benefiting them, that's absolutely right because I guarantee that in the handful of those players, specifically running backs, I can guarantee you a handful of them did not even bother to vote on the new CBA. Yep. So while I can understand how it is frustrating about – how running backs are treated, and I'm not saying that how they have been treated and disregarded in the NFL is correct. Definitely not saying that. I believe they're an intricate part of the offense. As a Cowboys fan, they have been an intricate part of my offense for my entire existence. But you do not have the right to complain about something that you did not care enough to cast a vote about. And the owners know, and Brandon and I spoke about this, I said the reason that the MLB and the NBA get things done is because those players stick together. They move as a unit. And the NFL has constantly fallen short when it comes to moving as a unit. It's, it seems like it's every guy for themselves, and if it's not every guy for themselves, it's a small group of guys who stick together. Other guys have to be paid to support. Other, be, other guys have to be pushed to support. Other guys, listen, as long as I get paid and my family's taken care of, it's not my problem. And this is the result of, it, of that mindset. This is the result of saying, it doesn't affect me, it's not my problem. Mm, mm. Right. Let's throw that graphic back up there. Well said, Ashley. Um, you know, first off, shout out to the athletic. A lot of the information, you know, that I consume when it comes to sports is from the athletic. I love what they've been doing over the last couple of years. Absolutely love uh, the men and women uh, reporters, journalists, uh, you know, that's on the beat, you know, covering, you know, our major sports across the globe and also uh, our games. So, uh, shout out to another great article here. There's two articles actually that I saw. There's this one and there's an old one uh, uh, from last year or maybe this February uh, where they broke down just the history of the, the CBA, the history, excuse me, of the franchise tag. Now, I'll be quick here because I've talked about this several times and I think most recently this week. 
all right? The franchise tag was created in 1993. We were approaching our fourth collective bargaining agreement. Okay, some of this information I got from another article from The Athletic. All right, we're approaching our fourth CBA. Players, our association that you were just talking about, Ashley, wanted to introduce free agency. What ended up happening was Pat Bolin, rest in peace, the then owner of the Denver Broncos, phenomenal owner, jumped on his private plane right out of Aurora, Colorado, and flew to probably Teterboro, if Teterboro existed, okay, in 1993. Fact check that for me, Wu. Landed in Teterboro. That's right outside. That's in Jersey. Probably took the Holland Tunnel or maybe the Lincoln Tunnel. Maybe he went over to George Washington Bridge. Hell, I don't know, but he made his way to Park Avenue, okay, the NFL headquarters. Stormed in the office and said, listen, I am not signing the CBA because I'm not losing John Elway. So this franchise tag is actually uh, a nickname, the Elway rule. Initially, okay, and again, I repeat, I've been saying this for a few months. Initially, this Elway rule, this franchise tag was created so organizations can have more time to negotiate long-term deals with the franchise players in the star players. Fast forward 15, 20 years, they have taken this franchise tag, flipped it on his head, and used it, and is now using it as leverage to keep guys on short-term deals. So if production slips or if they get injured, they no longer have to invest in them. So, Mr. Ursay, when you say this is bad faith, I will push back and say that the way you guys have been operating over the last 15 years around these tags are bad faith. Because in business, when we say good faith, what we're saying is there's nothing on paper. There's no contract. Well, I'm going to look you man to man. I'm going to look you woman to woman, eye to eye, and say in good faith we will get this deal done in a deal that is good for you and it's good for me. That is a good deal. That is a fair deal. So this whole uh, uh, narrative around a market, this is what the market is and the value of a running back is totally false. There is no running back market. You guys control the running back market. The uh, true running back market will be determined if the Saquon Barkley's or the Josh Jacobs hit free agency. They are not allowed to hit free agency. You guys control that. Off of this tag, the Elway rule. Because if they hit the franchise tag, if they hit the free market, guess what would have happened? Saquon Barker would have got a deal that he would have been celebrating with his family. He would have went to some restaurant in New York and they would have been celebrating a, a deal that he was proud of. He may have not reset the running back market, but he probably would have got 14, maybe even got $15 million a year. Same thing with Josh Jacobs because there's always one or two teams that's desperate. And that's what my agent used to always tell me. It only takes one team, bro. I can assure you that there would have been one team out there that would have gave Saquon Barkley a really good deal. And that would have been a free market. And that would have actually established the true value of today's running back. But because they control the market with this franchise tag, we don't even know the true value of the running back market. This is collusion. 
These are the owners devaluing this position by using this franchise tag. The franchise tag has no place in our game. Again, the franchise tag has no place in the game because it's not in good faith. So the last thing I would say is this. It's not about the running back. It's not about any position. It's about this damn franchise tag that is not good business. Point blank, period. Mm. Now, now, how do you feel if you're a running back, John Taylor, right, who's, who's been a running back that has kind of voiced his opinion on just the whole situation itself, and your owner, you know, is, is the first owner really to step out and kind of speak on the situation? Are you rubbed the wrong way if you're John Taylor? Hell yeah. Sorry to, to, to hijack this conversation, Ashley. You know, no, it's I'm super fine. passionate Go ahead. about the CBA, super passionate about this franchise tag, super passionate about this conversation about the running backs. I talked to a high-ranking official, super, super powerful in the NFL about some other things, and they asked me before we got off the call, how do you feel about the running back market? What's going on there? What's your thoughts there? And I said, listen, I can understand that the game has evolved, and I understand that nowadays you have to be an Alvin Kamara or, uh, or a Christian McCaffrey to get your money. I get that. The problem is not that. The problem is more so this tag, right? So I'm always going to come from a player's perspective. I'm a player, and I'm always going to put the player first, but I'm always going to keep it real as well because it is business. If I'm Jonathan Taylor, I'm doing exactly what I've been saying for the past two weeks, Corey. Yep. No, you're not going to run me 25 times. This is the position, if you hear running backs coming out saying this, we're the only position, the more production that we have, the more uh, we're – the more production that we have equals more wear and tear and it actually is counter counterproductive for us we get back to the table with more production and more wear and tear and you guys say oh that's why we can't pay you so i'm going in and saying no you i'm only toting the ball 12 to 15 times a game i'll you can put me in a slot you can give me a better a bigger package in a run in a pass game but then we're not doing that and then also i don't res i won't respect it guys are looking and paying attention to some of, how, some of these owners and how they're operating. The same thing with the Giants and Saquon. Saquon Barkley has power in that, in that locker room. So you mean to tell me some of these guys that are on rookie deals aren't looking at this and saying, damn, this is how my owner is treating our guys? Man, some of these guys take it personal. There's still some uh, 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 stack, some uh, Steven Jacksons out there, stacks out there that's real. There's still guys like that in the locker room that will stand up and say something or push back when it's their time. Like, because you did Saquon like that, this is how I'm going to conduct myself. So guys are definitely taking over. Yeah, yeah. Ashley, anything to add there before we move on? No, I had my point at the beginning, but I think we can end on Brandon's point. All righty. I well, did want we'll – go, we'll I just want to throw this out. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Jonathan Taylor, this is his last year on this contract. Mm -hmm, so it'll be interesting to see what happens at the end of next season. Yeah, no, it really is. It really is. So we'll see. We will see. Listen, Sean Payton had something to say. All right. ABC, throw up that first graphic. So this was um, this is what he had said said recently to a to a media personnel. It started with it doesn't happen often where an NFL team or organization gets embarrassed. Peyton said, and that's what happened here. Part of it was their own fault relative to spending so much explicitive time trying to win the offseason. He goes on to say, there's 20 dirty hands for what was allowed, tolerated in the freaking training room, the meeting rooms, the offense. I don't know, Hackett, a lot of people had dirt on their hands. It wasn't just Russell. He didn't just flip. He still has it. This is BS that hit a wall. Shoot, 
they couldn't get a play in. They were 29th in the league in pre-snap penalties on both sides of the ball. And then he goes on to say this. This was really where he, he kind of dropped the bomb on them. That was a message. They can only beat the explicit out of you so much, but everybody's got a little stink on their hands. It's not just Russell. It was poor. It was a poor offensive line. It might have been the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL. That's how bad it. That's how bad it was. Man, yo, just yeah. What are your thoughts on this, B. Marsh? I mean, did Deshaun Payton really let the you know the former coaching staff of the Broncos have it here? <laughs> I'm still catching my breath from my uh, Are you? <laughs> uh, 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 rant. So I'm, I would love to hear Ashley Stocks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need another 45 to, to 90 um, seconds. Yeah. My breath. There you go. I think it's fair. It wasn't just Russell Wilson. Mm -hmm. I know that the quarterback takes all the, the glory and the, the quarterback also takes all the fault. So Russell Wilson was the fun person to blame. Mm -hmm. Russell Wilson was the biggest name to blame. But you also have to look at you know, the Broncos as a unit, as a well, you know, oiled machine or lack thereof. Mm -hmm. And the team was not constructed correctly for his success. You mm -hmm. know, the offensive line was terrible. I agree with that. The coaching staff didn't really seem like they understood the task at hand. And that wasn't just something that was specific to Russell Wilson. There were a lot of players who said that there was a lot of confusion. There was a lot of growing pains. There was a lot of shortcomings. There was a lot of things that they feel could have been avoided if there was a little bit more clarity and direction. Now, worst coaching job in history might be a little bit dramatic. That's a reason. Huh? <laughs> because we've seen some really crappy coaching jobs, and I'm sure we've, we haven't seen some really crappy coaching jobs because we weren't alive to see them. But I think if you go down the history books, I don't even think this is top 10. <laughs> so I get it. You got to defend your QB. You got to go ahead and, and up yourself up mm. a little bit. But that's a little dramatic. <laughs> um, like I said... The failures of the Denver Broncos last season were beyond Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson was an intricate part of it. I don't think that you can forego any fault from him. But he wasn't the sole factor of it. And I think that this will be an interesting season for them because now there's been, you've trimmed the fat, you've kind of, you know, got rid of the weak links, and you got the coach that I wanted. Mm -hmm. You got the coach that a lot of people wanted. You have a Russell Wilson, who I believe he's lost maybe about 10 pounds. Is that If I read that correctly, he's, he's trim, he's slim, he's ready to go. He's 15. been training. 15, 15. okay. Oh, he's working. So he's working. You got, you got healthy players back. If the Broncos can't get it done, and when I say get it done, do I expect this team to win a Super Bowl? No. But this team should be a winning team. They should be a playoff team. And if they are not then people are going to go back to this quote and say, well, now what, Sean Payton? Yeah, yeah. they, might. they so, might. So so, 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 here's what I would say, Ashley. Uh, I, I do uh, uh, love Coach Payton's honesty. Uh, you know, it's refreshing. We don't always get this from our players and our coaches, right? We get these stale answers. We get the diplomatic answers. Right, that that let's not rock the boat answers. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I I do like this and it's refreshing, and I do uh, 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 agree with Coach that it is one of the worsting worst excuse me one of the worst uh, 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 coaching outings that we've ever seen. Wow, okay. Of numbers. In history, but, though, because of, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Okay, you have a top five defense, and then on the offensive side, okay, 
um, you're known as an offensive guy, and your offense goes out there and you're last in points, okay, averaging 16 uh, 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 points a game compared to the number one offense in the league and Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs averaging almost 30 points a game with so Wilson. That's a big deal. Yeah. That's a problem, okay? And there are other things that transpired, right? So I do agree there. But I also need to make sure that this conversation is balanced because, you know, there's so much more that goes into team sports. Coach said it. There was 20 hands involved probably. There were so many people involved in this. So we can't just blame it all on Coach Hackett, right? You got to look at what else happened last year. The Denver Broncos also had more people on injured reserve than any other team. Their injured reserve accounted for almost $60 million in salary cap. So that puts a team in a tough position to actually go out there and operate and operate at a high level. So there's 14 guys on injured reserve, eight of whom were starters, and the rest were contributors to special teams. We're talking guys like Tim Patrick. Now, I know Russell personally loved Tim Patrick and potentially was one of his number targets. Their starting running back, who was they were so excited about, went down before and started. So Tim Patrick and also Javante Williams both went down before training camp. Those are two starters. Their left tackle, Garrett Bowles, went down in training camp or, or right at the beginning of the season. Bill Turner, Bill Turner, their offensive tackle, also went down. Their starting center, Loyal Crush, Crushenberry, also went down. And there's other running backs and there's other contributors on the offensive side, obviously defensive side as well, that went down. So that's a big deal when you have so many guys go down. So it's refreshing uh, 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 to hear Coach Payton be so brutally honest. Um, you know, I like it. I wish more athletes, more coaches did it. Um, but there's so much more to this. And there's some people saying, Coach Payton should have did it, shouldn't have said this, he shouldn't have said it. Hell, hell, to me, this is him actually pushing back on his narrative and actually continue to clean house uh, within the Broncos, saying, look, get your back. It's not all y'all, right? And I'm tired of people pushing blame on Russell. I'm tired of people pushing blame on the guys that are here. I'm actually going to come out here and take the bullet and say it's it, it, and deflect it. It's not them. We're moving on. It's how we're going to conduct ourselves. So I think it was a tactic for him to just be himself and be real, but also continue to support his guys and move forward. But I, in all of what you said, factual, but you – did not put any blame on Russell at all. He was terrible last year. Oh yeah, for sure. Actually, no. So sorry. Like you know, uh, you, you know, maybe yeah, maybe this is a mistake. I, I ain't doing intentionally. I was like, <laughs> I, I know that's your boy, Brandon, but you, yeah. let's let's call a spade a spade. He was not good last okay. year. Duh. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Let's, so let's talk about it, Ashley. So here, here's the first thing I would say because I'm always going to have my guys back. Right. Think about that. You lose three offensive starters up front, that's a problem. Mm. The first thing we need to do, rule number one on offense, is protect our quarterback. How do you do that? By keeping him upright. That is a problem. The second thing, you lose your your your, your safety net in Tim Patrick. You also lose your running game. And then also, if your, your brother, who I really like, think he's a phenomenal player, uh, he's older now, but had a phenomenal career, and he's a phenomenal person. Melvin Gordon fumbled six times. He fumbled 
two, three times. I got it. On the one yard line. Hold on one second. On the one yard line. If he doesn't fumble the ball the way he did, the Denver Broncos are actually sitting at four and one or something crazy like that. So there's other things around Russell. Now, when you're paid, when a team goes out there and trade away what they trade okay. for you and they pay you what they pay you, you have to find a way. Okay. Absolutely. Did he stink it up at times? Absolutely. But then there's this whole thing of Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson trying to combine offenses and then go out there with the pressure of, oh, we're going to go to the Super Bowl. Not everybody's going to be Tom Brady. People are saying that Aaron Rodgers may not be able to do what Tom Brady was able to do, leaving the New England Patriots, going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and winning the Super Bowl in year one. That's extremely hard. So hopefully Russell has corrected what he needed to correct. A little uh, uh, humble pie as well, how he may operate. You know, he's coming out, let's ride, let's ride. Denver Bronco Nation, let's ride, let's ride. So now everybody's humble. Let's see what happens now. Okay. We're good then, Corey. We can move yes, on. good. We good now. We good. <laughs> we good. I, just, I, just, I had to make sure because he's always coming down on my QB and how oh you got to get the job. But just make sure it's the same energy. We can move it along, Corey. No, well, no, I got I got a question though. Are the Broncos going to be a playoff team? I forget. Yes. I don't know if you, any of you guys said so. You did. You did. Make I said team. it. I said, well, well, it's just funny because I've been following. You know, I've been following the chat and people are saying that yo, we we throwing that uh that playoff word around a little too loosely. So they, they want to know who are the seven teams in the AFC actually going to be making the playoffs if we got the Broncos making the playoffs. Well, let's do this. Let's come up with our list for Monday show. Okay. We'll make that a topic. Throw the graphics up there. Like we'll what? have it written mm. in stone. And we'll see who's right come the end of football season. Like so our, we'll like our playoff teams. Seven, seven teams, NFC, seven teams, AFC to make the playoffs. Okay. Then we'll All do right, that can, for can Monday show. Ashley, can I give a teaser? No. <laughs> But we are well, doing well, it for Monday show. Well, I'm wondering. So it's just gonna be like like where the playoffs start, or do do just, we just actually... no? Just teams, the seven teams from the NFC, seven teams oh, from like the that. AFC that we think will be in the playoffs. It doesn't have to be in order. It doesn't okay. have to just the teams. Well, 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 Ashley said I can't give a teaser, but Ashley already said this in the show, so I'm gonna say it again. <laughs> the Jets, the Jets are coming out of AFC. Okay, that's all I'll say, and then I'll listen to Ashley. And we'll uh, dive into this on Monday. This that's this actually going to be a great segment. I think it I'm is sure. a great segment. Uh, See that very, noggin, very, very. and that also gives very. us enough time in the show today to cover this last topic, which I'm very excited to discuss. What is that? Mm. Well, I sent Corey and JP a story yesterday. Okay. That gambling.com. You sent it to me. Well, you, you were busy. Um, that gambling.com has put out their smartest and dumbest NFL fans. And coming in at number one, Corey, who is it? Who is it, Corey? So you hater. You said, you said the, so the smartest are actually, you said the dumbest? Let's go with we the were, dumbest. With Who's the dumbest? number one, Corey? Let the people know. We got the Giants. The New York football Giants. <laughs> but this is and a their double fans. Wedding. <laughs> this is a double. This is yes. a double. Whoa, yes. What's that? What's that? Go ahead. Like, this is a double because she's also a person from New York. So it's like she's calling herself yeah, pretty dumb, intelligent. Did that, no, no. Far, did that backfire? We didn't just say, saying, you from on. New York. They didn't say New Yorkers. <laughs> yeah. well, they who's said, New York fans? They, mm, they're from Jersey. They said <laughs> New York Giant fans. <laughs> New they from York Bed-Stuy Giant and Brooklyn. New Yo. York Giant football fans are the dumbest fans per gambling.com. Yeah, and but, I just have to say. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
What you about know who Arlington? wasn't on the list? The Dallas Cowboys <laughs> and their fans. Boy, who's, the dumbest? Just... who's the dumbest? The New York football giants are number the, one. The giant... Oh, sorry, sorry. Who's the smartest? Sorry. So the smartest, believe it or not, are the Bills and the Browns. Which is, I don't which, believe which, that. Yeah, which doesn't really make so much sense oh, to me. Court, court. That doesn't make before, any. before we dive into the smartest, uh, I, I do want to say this, right? Like, I can kind of understand how the Giants fell into this position. I had an opportunity to play for both the Jets and the Giants. And the way I'll describe my experiences is... is Tell them, Brandon. The Jets are like a public school and the Giants are like a private school. And when you think about ball, football, right, we're talking about gladiators, helmets running into each other 20 miles per hour, right? Like, it's still sophisticated, but it's a brutal sport, right? Mm -hmm. That doesn't really match with preppy, prep school, private school type stuff. You go to those games, man, and, and they're there just to be entertained, the way they dress, <laughs> the way they chant. It's like they're just there for the show. And so it's a different environment. It's a different experience. I won't call them the dumbest. I will. What I will say is, you know, it, 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 it's a different experience. It sounds to me like that's a really nice way of saying they're soft. <laughs> Actually, I got a question from BC real quick. Uh -huh. Who has won the Super Bowl more recently between the Giants the Cowboys and the Jets. Doesn't matter. Five is more than three, <laughs> facts right? Are facts. Five is more than three. Last facts time I checked, right? That's that's that, last time I checked, right? Five five is more than three, themselves. right? You the all have three Super Bowls, right? Trying to defend themselves. How many Super Bowls oh, do you have? Ashley, that was a great. Ashley, don't deflect. That was a great question. No, no, no I'm just curious. How many how many Super Bowls do you guys have? Three, four? How many? No, Ashley. We got four. four? Oh, last time I checked, five is more than four, right, Corey? <laughs> I agree. We've won one in every decade. Five is more than four, though, right? Last time I checked. Concede, Ashley. Concede. Right? I won't concede. Five is more than four. When did you I last mean, win the Arlington Cowboys? When did you guys last win? Doesn't matter. We the got Arlington five of the Lombardi sitting at the star right now. <laughs> Just saying. And you hey, know what? You're you know going what, on your Wu? third year. If we're going to be honest, Wu, I can't even have this conversation with you because we're not on the same wave of intelligence per gambling.com. So oh I just feel God. like you're a New Yorker. We're going no. around in circles here. I don't no. even feel like you have the gravitas to have this conversation hey. with me. Just know between you and Corey, you guys are going to reach a century of losing. That's, That's not all I true. Want to say. <laughs> Why Corey right, catch a straight? Why Corey Anders. catch a straight? Dolphins ain't in this conversation. We well, he always catches straight. Cool, we status quo. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like the 50 Cent me. Why am I in it? I didn't right? even do nothing. Why did you throw Corey in the cut? <laughs> <laughs> That's messed up. Um, wait. Listen, all I know is five is more than what four. What you putting that tea today, Ashley? All <laughs> I know is five is more than four. Woo, unfortunately. BC, unfortunately. They do not have the gravitas or the IQ to have this conversation with me per gambling.com. I'm not going to put them on the spot like that. Um, you know, maybe you can recruit Brandon to help you. He played there for like a hot second. Okay. Yeah, but you know, we, but even Brandon knows better. Even Brandon knows better than to try to defend. Even Brandon knows better than to try to defend y'all. You know, he's not he's not going to use his his one of his many cards on y'all. Like it's just not going to work. The dolphins? Talking about the Dolphins? No, the Giants. Oh, the Giants. Yeah, no, no, no. I can't. I can't. I can't do that. I can't. You know. You yeah. Know, I'm already. You know. I'm. I, you know. I go out there. Uh, you know, on a limb. 
you know, on these basketball takes. I can't do that in football. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Woo. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, sorry, Woo. Sorry about sorry, that. Well, that's um, the show. That's you the wanna, show. Yeah, so you want to close this out? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> Corey, as a smart football fan, you go ahead and close the show out. All righty. Well, <laughs> Dolphin fans, we're on top because we weren't included in this conversation. And that's another <laughs> week of paper out. We will be glad to bring the show back next week and have fun with you guys next right, week. Y'all. So that go. is it. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals, to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.